Hello, you beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of Which Way From Here. So yeah, I know that normally I start these episodes with a quote, and I am definitely going to get back to that. But I wanted to do a bit of housekeeping, or not even really housekeeping as much as just a heads up about the audio quality of this episode, because uh, it sucks. At least it sucks on my end. John... Uh, John Killian, who I interviewed, he used his professional microphone, which was smart, and I was dumb and used my Bose earbuds because I was being vain. I knew I was going to be on video, and I didn't want my hair to get smushed, so I tried out the Bose earbuds uh, because they've worked on other things that I've done, like uh, Instagram Reels. But uh, they did not. They did not work on this. And the audio quality is extremely lacking. And in certain parts, it just cuts out completely. And I went back and forth about whether or not I was going to edit those moments out, but decided to just keep them in because uh, it was hard to keep the integrity of the interview, the conversation, uh, and edit those moments out. So we will just suffer together in those moments. It was hard listening back to that. Ugh. Oh, I was so mad at myself. Um, and also to add to that, like, uh, this is take two of the interview with Flood, a.k.a. John Killian. The first one, uh, it was me and Rachel interviewing Flood. And it was fun. It was perfect. It was awesome. And it dis-a-fucking-peered off of my computer after I imported it or downloaded it from Zoom. I have no idea what happened to it. It's crazy. And we we make mention of that several times in the interview, but I figured I would just on the offset go ahead and, and say that that's what happened. So, yeah. You know, lost the first interview, second interview. I I bungled it by using the wrong recording apparatus. I'm sure uh, I'm going to get him on here again for a third time. And it is going to be smooth like butter. Smooth like butter. This is what I'm hoping. You know, sharp learning curves, as I always say. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to present this to you. John is a... Brother from another mother, he is a gem of a human being and has a fantastic podcast called XV Planus. And so I'm really excited to introduce him to you. And yeah, I have to say, it feels so good being behind a microphone again after the long hiatus. And if you are listening from the future, the near future, where I assume which way from here is a wild success... And you're wondering, what am I talking about? Uh, There was a period of time between uh, when I first got started to nowish that uh, it took a long time to reset myself. So yeah, I'm back. I'm excited. Which way from here is going to be amazing. So yeah, Uh, I think that's all I have. Yeah, that's all I have for this offset. I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, and like I said, we will suffer through the shit audio together and I apologize and I promise to never let this happen again. All right, guys, enjoy. 
1969 groundbreaking book, Passport to Magonia, Jacques Vallée wrote, Whenever a set of unusual circumstances is presented, it is in the nature of the human mind to analyze it until a rational pattern is encountered at some level. But it is quite conceivable that nature should present us with circumstances so deeply organized that our observational and logical errors would entirely mask the pattern to be identified. To the genuine scientist, there is nothing new here. So I really love this quote because Bele touches on the way that most people try to logic their way out of an unusual or uncomfortable experience that they might have. They will do whatever they can to try and force the experience to adhere to the rigid belief systems and structures that they've created, whether through conditioning or through wanting to conform to social pressures and norms instead of having the curiosity to see how said unusual experiences unfold and allow it to change their reality. And that's what I love the most about the paranormal and the people who kind of get caught up in it. It presents the observer with such a bizarre and fantastical series of experiences that they cannot help but to shift their perspectives. It interrupts deeply ingrained patterns of thoughts and beliefs created by a predictable life, and it sends the observer into a whole new reality of what if. Which leads me to today's episode. So in today's episode, I interviewed the wonderful Mr. John Killian, a.k.a. Flood, from the podcast XV Planis. And he and I just kind of go down a tangential rabbit hole about the paranormal, our thoughts on it, why we love it, and what we think the future of paranormal research and thought processes are going to be. John's fantastic. We have a blast. We love going into the deep abstracts. And I definitely hope that he comes back on to which way from here and we just go deeper, deeper and weirder because that's how I roll. That's what I love. So I hope you all enjoy the interview, crappy audio and all. And I will see you on the other side. Welcome to Which Way From Here. All right, welcome to Which Way From Here. I'm your host, Corinne Labita. Unfortunately, Rachel can't join us today because she is on vacation, so you just get a little me. But I'm really excited to introduce John Killian, the wonderful podcaster from XD Planet. Right? Yeah. Is that how you say that your podcast? Cool. Planet. Okay, good. Planet, not planet. Damn it, Janet. I love you. <laughs> Well, we are hitting spooky season. Hard. I, I know, I know. I really am. I really am. Actually, I have more to say about that. Remind me to say Rocky Horror, uh, to talk about Rocky Horror later. Uh, Corinne, uh-huh. uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's it's uh, always a pleasure to chat with you. And uh, I'm sure yeah. we'll talk about why our first interview didn't uh, 
didn't show yes. up. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is uh this is take two of this take interview. Two. Yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah, like if technology... things go buggy this time, then I'm gonna be convinced that it's something that followed me back from you into I you know, like where because time is not linear, it was like not only did it not want you to like do the the lead up to uh your trip, like wanted to re erase all all lead up and then now yeah, it just mm -hmm. wants, doesn't want to be talking about. Mm. But we will get we will well, get to that. To get for into sure. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Okay. Well, uh since we are redoing the first interview, let's start with basics. Who are you? What are you about? How do we get here? Fair enough. Well, my name is John <laughs> Killian. Uh, most people call me Flood. That is my nickname uh, long before I even became a podcaster or anything like that. Uh, I run a podcast called XV Planus. It is a podcast about strange and spooky stuff. But the thing that makes us a little bit different uh, from other shows is we don't just talk about it. We actually put, as I often say put boots on the ground and pursue it in the field and so xv plan has kind of started as a basement side project of just talking about weird stuff but then we decided to go out there and try the weird stuff and that's when yeah. things got well they went from weird to really really interesting and um right yeah so uh, XC Planus has now evolved. It's not just a podcast anymore. It's actually a network, a team of paranormal investigators, empaths, occultists, uh, uh, UFO people. Like We're trying to build a network of amazing people who are in touch with the stranger side of the universe. Yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the the podcast itself is kind of a byproduct of it i guess i would say uh it, it's the way for us to document or journal uh the cases that we do in the places that we go and i feel incredibly lucky that i've been able to to build the network of people the the people that i call my para family um and the the thing that xv planus has become which is more a little bit more of an ideal than just a show you know absolutely yeah uh, how long have you been doing the the podcast? I've been doing the podcast for uh, we we're, we're about three years now, um, but I've been actively doing paranormal investigations for about four. Um, okay, and I I find it important to note that I I never really was on the the trend line with the whole paranormal investigation thing. Like I I don't like ghost adventures. If you talk Zach Baggins to me, it's not going to be a fun conversation. Um, It'll be a it, hilarious one. I mean, it would be a hilarious one, but we're not going to subject <laughs> your listeners to that because it involves a whole lot of F-bombs and a whole... Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> right. <laughs> what I want to get to, I want the term ghost hunter to go away and I want parapsychology to come back, people. That's where I want him. Like, I, I, I want us to start studying the consciousness, the science behind all of this. And I'm sure we'll go in deeper into that. But, yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's pretty much how we got here. Now, it, it, well, that's how I got there. Now, as far as we got here, that is all from a delightful little festival up in Canton, Ohio, that we call Monster Fest. And, oh, wow, it God. was a monster of a fest. <laughs> <laughs> So much fun. 
so oh, much God. fun. Yeah. So, so let's actually, before we go a little bit further, let's, let's add a little context to that. So I met Corinne uh, at Monster Fest in Canton, Ohio. And, and who were you there specifically to, to go fangirl over? Because I was there to uh, fanboy over our boys at Astonishing Legends, Micah Hanks, uh, Lyle, you know, oh, of course, Rich Adam was there, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was there for Astonishing Legends uh, and definitely Rich Haddam. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the three of them together uh, was just like I uh, it was when they originally announced Monster Fest on Astonishing Legends, I was like, Oh my God, it's in Ohio. Can't not that far from Columbus. I texted Rachel and was like, Hey, let's do this thing. It's not that expensive. Let's go VIP. Let's just go all out. And we got tickets immediately, like almost a year out. Forgot about it. And then two weeks before the fest, Rachel was like, Hey, aren't we supposed to be doing something? Like, holy shit. Oh my God. That <laughs> like, is great. That's hilarious. <laughs> But you know what? That 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 type of uh, chaotic moment almost perfectly describes the entire tone of that right. festival, because <laughs> right. this was a, uh, it was the first time that they did that. And and just to provide context here, the people who put on this festival, um, Monster Fest, is none other than Seth Breedlove of Small Town Monsters fame. Now, anybody who's listening to this uh, who has a knack for the weird and the creepy, I'm sure that name oh. rings a bell. Seth Breedlove mm-hmm. is a brilliant documentary filmmaker. He's been doing series on all sorts of high strangeness for, I, I think, almost a decade now, right? He's been at it a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's actually done so much that it's now kind of created its own gravitational well. And it has become mm-hmm. its own thing, its own community. And it's a beautiful thing because now they were able to do this festival, which was... I. Awesome. I the the thing that uh, this is so hilarious and you you remember meeting jill right jill weaver uh-huh. i was just talking to her right before i hopped up on um, on this call with you and we were remarking uh about how amazed we were of the caliber of people who showed up to this festival yeah because it's it's not your your um hobbyists it is your diehard people the people who actually have a legitimate interest in the strange and unexplainable Absolutely. It was like you, I couldn't tell that it was their first time. Like I knew it was the first go around, but it was so well organized. It was like, like you said, the caliber of people both participating, like the, the, just the fans showing up Mm -hmm. and then the speakers were so well done. Like everything was just so well done. And I, like, I, Rachel and I are not even that into cryptids. I like all weird. Is is it weird? I'm into it. But cryptids are kind of lower on the list for me. But I wanted to go because, well, because of Sanji Legends, but also for the experience. Like, show me why people are into cryptids. And I had amazing conversation, met some of the best human beings on the planet. And it's like, oh, this is like my tribe that I didn't realize that I've been missing out on for so long. Like, here are my people. We're all a bunch of weirdos, and we're weirdos together. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> and it took one time for me stepping outside of the crowd to uh, to grab a smoke. Kids don't smoke. I'm trying to quit myself. 
but I step outside to uh, to feed my bad habit, and I have a chance encounter with you, and uh, yes. you and Rachel, and Rachel. Um, yeah, and that immediately kicked off a conversation about the Sally House, and then it just yes. turned into a weekends long conversation about all sorts of weird stuff. And folks, that's how we ended up here today. <laughs> and that's why friends doing this awesome episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh <laughs> thanks for leading that that con con the contact. There we go. Oh I've been tell doing it. this for way too long. <laughs> Thank God, because you can tell that I am not. <laughs> oh, you guys are on it. You you have the formula. You got it. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's uh, pivot a little bit. Um, do you have a defining moment in your life that you can kind of put your thumb on and be like, this is when I realized that there's more to existence that suddenly like the paranormal, what we're calling the paranormal, but that the, side of existence that is far more weird, far more interesting than we've been conditioned to believe revealed itself to you? Uh, great question. Um, I would honestly say I've had a series of them since I was a child. Um, right. It's it's almost serendipitous that we're recording this while I'm here doing a visit in my hometown. I'm going to be here for a while to take care of some stuff uh, for family and things like that. And it's given me an opportunity to kind of revisit some of the places that I had my first paranormal encounters. And most of them happened between the ages of six and 18 while I was in this strange little town, which I'm not going to mention now because I don't want you all to descend on it just yet. <laughs> We're working on it. Um, so that that was like the first wave. And then in my mid-20s, I had a couple of near-death experiences. And those showed me some things that I can't quite shake yet. And uh, mm -hmm. kind of lets me know that there's there's another layer of reality beyond this. And then we move to the third wave, which is me taking an active and engaging interest in the paranormal, interacting with it, and literally having my mind blown. Like I have seen things in the last three years that, I am still struggling with. I'm still trying to make sense of. Um, and I don't regret any of those moments. But what I will say after doing this, like, and when I say actively, I mean, not just going to haunted places, but when weird things start happening in the shadows, I walk towards them, that type of thing. Um, right, right. I'm, I, I think I'm on a journey here to not only connect with all of it but to turn it all on its head mm. i have a hypothesis brewing and i'm, I'm going to hint a little bit uh about this during our conversation tonight but and before you even hit record Karen, you and i were talking about our experiences and things that we do when we're not here on the mic or on the camera talking to you lovely people um, but we've, we've seen and experienced things that it kind of takes you to a place of, I don't have to prove anything to anyone 
I already know. Like I know, I know that the phenomena is real. Now, here's the flip side of that coin for me. I believe the vast majority of the paranormal phenomena we talk about, whether it's cryptids, whether it's UFOs, whether it's ghosts, whether it's demons or jinns, I don't doubt the existence, but I think it's not what we think it is. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to believe that the vast majority of it is real. Maybe the phenomenon at whole is a singular thing, but it chooses to show itself to us in very limited ways or in ways that only we personally can process and understand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and this was this is what you and I connected on at at Cryptus Fest. This idea of like, um, the the need for um this uh the use of the scientific method and in the in use of empirical evidence as a way to quote unquote prove the existence of anything does not apply to the phenomenon it doesn't work and it's so limiting that people are um dismissing entire swaths of their own personal experiences their own personal um way of moving through the world uh and in such a way that like, and then they become rigid and limited in the way they think. And yeah. so what's interesting is that when you start to play with the paranormal, which for me, like I, like I said, I don't even like using that word because I think it's just what existence is, right? The phenomenon is a fun way to talk about how there are just layers of reality that we can play with. And I know like John Tenney talks about this a lot where like the universe taps you on the shoulder and says, do you want to play? And I love that how he talks about that because I agree that is kind of how it works that we are all built with a sensitivity with extra sensory perceptions that allow us to um, pick up on more subtleties that, um, that tell us when something's a bit off, when something's not quite how we've been conditioned to believe what reality is supposed to be. And then every once in a while, you get punched in the face with it, right? <laughs> and either way, it is your personal experience that is catered to you, your belief yeah. systems, and what you think can and cannot be possible and oftentimes it's something that causes you to, to um, pivot and question what you think can and cannot be possible, which is why paranormal is so jarring and interesting and why people get sucked into that rabbit hole so intensely or reject it so intensely. But I also like, I, it, it, and I'm sure you'll agree with me on this, that there's two sides to that coin. When people get sucked into the paranormal, there's two paths that they go on. Ooh, I can make spooky money off of this, or mm -hmm. I can start to unravel the mysteries of the universe. And I'm definitely mm -hmm. on the latter half of that equation. Um, and yeah. I know you are as well. Yeah, yeah. This is why we had such great conversations and, and why this will probably happen pretty regularly. Um, 
But yeah, there's uh, the, what I am starting to personally understand through my own research and my own experiences of doing all this stuff is that it's way weirder than we think it is. Mm -hmm. And it's not so easily definable. At this point, yep. I'm very, very hesitant to use terms like ghosts, aliens, mm -hmm. UFOs, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, because, and kids, everybody put on their tinfoil hats. I'll give you a few seconds here. You ready? Yeah. All right. You got them on? Good and snug? Cool. Um, I think over the next five years or so, we're going to receive a lot of information that is going to challenge our perception of reality. Oh, and yeah. some of that will come from things like, uh, James Webb Space Telescope and some like that giant question mark. Did you see that? Mm -hmm. Sure did. The universe is throwing up a question mark at us. Come on. <laughs> like it is. I and I'm NASA will have a thousand explanations for that, but come on, the universe is screwing with us, really. But universe has sense of humor. Yeah. Exactly. 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is why everybody should read. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy before yes. anything else. Yeah. Yes. Because I I do I do truly believe that things are gonna get a bit uh way weirder and wackier as things move forward. So you have that side of the coin and the other side of the coin, you have we are now at the point that our government is openly talking about interdimensional beings and like we're entering sci-fi territory. Star Trek is about to become reality. Uh, I mean, I hope it's going to be this, the Star Trek version, but I don't know. Yeah, I think we're still a, a good 50 to 100 years away from that whole money. We don't use money thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, I um, and I don't want to get too down this rabbit hole because we have way too many, like a lot of other things I'd rather talk about, like your experience at in uh, Utah. But <laughs> just just to like touch on it a little bit. Uh, I can't help but to view anything that comes through like government through a poli silence, um, which is my degree. And like anytime I see a dog and pony show about anything, it's like, okay, what is going on in the background that this is being used as a distraction? And how desperate do they have to be that they're pulling out aliens uh, in order to try and regenerate fear. And how funny is it that every, like the vast majority of people looked at that and were like, eh. <laughs> yeah. You know, the difference here this time, this is not the dog and pony show. This is actually happening. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to flat out say right here, everybody who's listening, what are we at 2027 so in in three and a half to four years i think our world is going to look very very different and if i'm wrong about that i'll buy y'all a drink and you can make fun of me for one round but <laughs> i i know i i really believe this is it like this this is actually happening and whether or not you buy into it What's happening in Congress right now with the whole UAP discussion, this this is not a, 
uh, here's the shiny keys, look at it moment. We're talking about three very high-ranking former military uh, service members who are now coming out under oath saying, these things are happening, this is what's going on. And that is a game changer. Most people don't really want to believe that. Everybody wants to raise an eyebrow or, you know, point out all the various different faults. But mark my words, if if we end up having another hearing before no- November ends, the snowball effect is, is going to become very, very visible for a lot of people. So we'll see. I agree with everything you just said. So I guess I should be more specific. When I say dog and pony show, I'm not saying that this isn't real, that this isn't happening and that this isn't legitimate. It is all of those things. And oftentimes when these things get pulled out, it's with a specific purpose to get the public to behave in a certain way. And what's interesting to me is that if we've reached the point that now we are um, having conversations about aliens and interdimensional beings being legitimized by government, that is with a specific purpose to get people thinking a type of way that is going to reinforce the system in which it created the doubt to begin with. Get them acclimated. Exactly, exactly. And that's why I'm not skeptical of whether or not this is going to change things. Absolutely, it is. I am skeptical about the intentions behind doing this to begin with, because we see like this is just the old playbook playing itself out. But now it's with aliens, which for like my sci fi loving heart is it's hilarious and awesome. And it's in service of military it's in service of again reinforcing a system that was designed to make us feel powerless and now we're going to feel powerless towards things like interdimensional beings and that shit pisses me off well that's what i mean by that no no that's 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 a fair point yeah Yeah, yeah. um and they can easily spin that back in, in in various different ways but no, I really do think we're we're here. We're we're, we're at the impasse. Like something mm-hmm. big is happening, and we're yeah. not going to get the full picture of it for a couple of more years. But it is happening. It is actually yeah. happening. And yeah. I think ultimately, you know, like I said, it's really going to be more of we're not alone in the universe. That's actually pretty easy to swallow. Reality mm-hmm. is not what you think it is little tougher pill to swallow you know yeah so it's gonna take some people a long weekend to get over this (laughs) (laughs) i'm curious to see because for me this is a last desperate attempt to hang on and i think it's going to massively backfire this is a break glass in case of emergency scenario for a crumbling system. In fact, the system that we've known that we grew up and got conditioned into is almost gone. Mm-hmm. We're just seeing the death throes of it. And now like we're at the point where like now they're having to admit that reality is far more layered, textured, weird, crazy, scary, and extremely amazing than we were conditioned to believe. 
And now people are going to either go down with that sinking ship, just trying to hang on to what they knew, or like, oh, shit, if they've been lying to us the whole time about this, what else have I been lied to about and what else is possible? And more importantly, what can I do? And I think far more people are reclaim. Actually, I know far more people are reclaiming their power, claiming their abilities. And like, we're in such a threshold point right now. And I am excited about it. And also I know that the, like with this comes a whole lot of chaos and a whole lot of harm to people who are living unconsciously. And I'm just like, Ooh, feel really bad for the people who are like really glued in. yeah it's gonna be a rough ride for a lot of people yeah so fascinating <laughs> no you you and i are very much on the the, the same mindset then because like <clears throat> ever since i even tapped into the paranormal just in general as soon as i had that first experience it was immediately followed by another two that immediately shifted my perception of the world and reality as a whole and now Fast forward, you know, three years later, I am starting to see the scenes of what we call our reality literally starting to like undo themselves. Things yes. are about to get real weird, folks. And I've yeah. been saying that for a few years. Nobody believes me. But then I turned around to a friend of mine the other day and did you know that they're having a conversation right now in Congress about non human intelligences? My friend turns to me and he just looks at me dead in the eye and goes, you son of a bitch. Everything you said. I'm, I'm going to go live in the mountains. I'm like, yeah, you should probably go live in the mountains. Go for it. Um, but no, they, they, yeah, like I, I think a lot of us have been sensing that there's definitely like we're coming to an impasse. And I, I don't mean that as like some sort of, oh, I'm a doomsayer. And I don't mean that as a conspiratorial theorist or anything like that. It's pretty obvious. I mean, you look at the yep. state of the planet, the level of unrest that we're having right now, the absolute chaos societally and politically that we have. You have, yep. um, we are on the precipice of, and any of you climate change deniers out there, I'm sorry, just kiss my grits. Like, you're so wrong. Because we're actually at that moment. There's a really good possibility that the uh, that current, the Atlantic current that actually controls a lot of our weather system is about to go belly up and when that happens it's gonna get weirder mm -hmm. so i have no definition for anything of what's really going to happen in the future other than it's going to get weirder it's going to get yep. really really weird and yep. and rough on a lot of people yeah absolutely and i mean and that's how like you can't have great change without shaking up and chaos. Like there's a place for all of that and it requires death and, um, and on a large scale, that means that can mean loss of life and, and it will, unfortunately, but also means loss of who you thought you were. It means letting go of all preconceived notions anything that hasn't been serving you, anything that was put into you by other people, like that's all going to get shaken loose. And either you let it go or you go crashing down with it while, while trying to grip onto it. Um, yeah, it's rough. Yeah. It's rough stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. 
And a lot of us well, can kind of see this on the horizon. I'd like to be more of an optimist and say that, yeah, we'll be able to um, to overcome it. But the the harsh truth of it is, I mean, we will as a whole, but it's going to be a rough yeah. ride. Yeah, going to be a rough ride. I like so okay, saying enough all to, of that. Enough depression I was stuff. Say, saying yes. all that, I see it as a positive. I actually see all of this as a huge positive. We're getting what we want. We're getting rid of everything that that has been. Uh, systemic oppression and limitation and all that that's all going that's the conditioning that's the shit that we never wanted to begin with and didn't realize that we were just born into it we're getting our freedoms back but this is what it takes to get that you know anyway mm. so yeah that's the positive side of it <laughs> anywho i agree i Let's feel check. like there's a line for a whole other podcast brewing here but we'll talk about this off the camera <laughs> Yeah. All right. Oh man, John and Corinne go full abstract. Yes, I'm into it. <laughs> They're not ready for it. That's going to end badly for them. For us, it'll be fine. But... <laughs> it'll be now we're, we're, I mean, we're fine. I think people be into it. <laughs> God, I love talking right. to you. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. Okay, but yeah, I agree. Let's ship because I want to hear about Utah. You've been teasing this for weeks at this oh, point. Oh God! All right. Okay. So um, uh, first, because there's there's a lot of meat and potatoes that we left out because the previous uh, attempt at this kind of failed. So yeah, I've been on a lot of investigations. I've seen a lot of things. I've experienced a lot of things, and I do my best to document makes sense out of them added into the equation that i'm writing in my head well i might get sued for this i don't know there's a ranch in northern utah that we're not going to talk about because we don't want the history channel coming banging on our doors so i'm just going to leave that name out of it and Is i will it that say bad? are they that exploitative We'll talk Not about me. that here in a second because every social media account I have was attempted to get hacked into after I made one post. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I went out to Utah to a magical little place called Uinta Basin. Now, if Uinta Basin rings a bell for any of your listeners, it's probably because you have the History Channel there. And you're watching a certain show that we're not going to talk about much. Um, or maybe we will and see if they, you know, see if I can poke the bear again. But hopefully they'll leave you alone. Now, Probably I have like 10 listeners. <laughs> but trust me, that'll change very, very soon. Now, what I can tell you about you into Basin and the uh, the subject at hand is this infamous ranch that everybody often references Sure, it's well known for having a high level of high strangeness. All sorts of weird stuff has been documented there for well over 30 to 40 years. We've had government officials taking the place over for a while and looking into it. So it's weird. Mm -hmm. But the thing is for me, and my theory is, it's not just that particular ranch. It is yeah, the no, of whole not. of the Uinta Basin. The whole yeah. basin. It is a magical 100%. place. It is very, very weird. It is, it it almost like when you're standing in the middle of the Uinta Basin, you almost feel like you're in 
the wastelands between crossing two countries or, or mm-hmm. two different worlds, even two different dimensions. Mm-hmm. It's it's otherworldly out there. And I, I don't mean that as a pun or a joke. I, I mean that sincerely. Like my team went out there, and here's the thing: the infamous ranch in question, we that there is a public campground right next to it. And so that's where we set up shop. We took over a few campsites. We set up all the equipment. And for four nights, we hung out right next to one of the most supposedly weirdest places in uh, the United States, if not the world. And we saw some weird things. We had some weird experiences. And holy crap. Like, I, I... so what do you want to know? Do you want to just walk through the whole thing? Like, I'll do a condensed version here. If you want to hear the full version, you'll have to listen to my show because we're going to do like a four-part series on this. So there were six of us. We set up camp in uh, in the UFO Valley Campground. Shout out to y'all. What a great spot, and thank you for the hospitality. It is right next to said spooky famous ranch. Mm -hmm. And... um. For three nights, we performed some light experiments. We pulled out the full-spectrum cameras, night vision goggles. We caught some anomalies. And caught some weird shadows. Now, on the fourth night, I saw something that I can't wrap my head around, and neither can anyone else. And more importantly, magically, everybody around new uh, around... Around 1230 at night, everybody all of a sudden got super tired, went to sleep. I was the only one Uh awake. And the fire magically disappeared, and I lost two hours of my time. I have no idea what happened. When I go back and look at all the video that I took, I am looking at things that I don't remember recording. And it's a whole bunch of lights in the sky, most of them moving in ways that should not be possible. But I managed to capture this. And I'll, I will share one clip with you if you want to post it to add, like add just for context to this episode. I will share yeah. a small clip with you. Um, but it was weird. It, like I, I've never experienced like true missing time before, but I can't explain where two hours went. So we have the campground set up. We are right next to the infamous Mesa that is often spoke about on said History Channel show. You know, if you say the name of the ranch, they might actually come after you, which is why I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yes. Fucking. Ugh. Anyway, continue. That last <laughs> night, I lose two hours of time, yet I managed to witness two incidents that happened just beyond the Mesa. When I was reviewing the video footage for one of them, I saw something that I remembered recording, but I saw something in the video footage that I don't remember taking with the naked eye. And I believe that's the one that I sent to you. The yeah. green, the green yeah, yeah. one that bounces all over the place. Yep. I don't remember taking that. And um, any time that I did take any video out there, we could see that main loop, but we saw nothing else beyond that. So something weird is going on. Yeah, yeah. And I posted a small clip of this on my Twitter. 
And within 24 hours, my Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter, everything related to XV Planets was attempted to be hacked into. Everything. Um. No, I'm not saying it's them, but that's awfully convenient, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it to me, the fact that it was just an attempt and it didn't go all the way through was meant to get your attention without going like full on is my my conspiracy theory thoughts on that. Um, uh, yeah, we'll reel that one back in and talk off camera about that. But um, yeah. yeah. So the, the reason that I went out to you into Basin is not for said famous ranch it is because I really do believe that the entirety of the you into Basin is a, a very potent focal point for a lot of these stranger energies. Mm-hmm. Uh, call yeah. it paranormal what you want. What I, what I call it is levels of energy that we do not have the technology to quite document yet. Yeah. It's yeah. it's like a reality is soft in that space. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's actually a good way of putting it. Because the more I dive into this, like it's if somebody talks to me about ghosts, well, what's more likely that the spirit of somebody is still existing after all of these years, or is it more likely that we're evolving and our perception of time is changing? And it's allowing us momentary glimpses into another timeline. Mm-hmm. That could That's not only thing. explain ghosts, that can explain UFOs, that can explain mm-hmm. uh, cryptids. Like we're seeing different points in time and these different entities coming out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I think, and, and it's multiple things because it's yes and instead of just either or. And like, I think when we use a word like, ghost that is a pop culture term to describe an ineffable experience that we are interpreting through our nervous system trying to make you know sense of something that we have not been given information in the way that we've been raised to understand and so like i often use the term earthbound instead of ghost because um you know there are remnants of people but it's not a one-to-one you know copy of the person it is a remnant of something like an addiction or maybe a fear grief even even a moment a particular moment. moment yeah exactly that it's got caught in the energetic space and it's having an effect on that space. And like yeah. you said, it is of of the time space coordinate that that moment happened, you know, and it's affecting things and people around it. And so like when I do my clearings, I'll often run into these things and they're easily cleared because it is a copy. It is just a blip, an energetic blip that got stuck and is feeding off of where it's at in order to maintain itself because there's some consciousness there. And you just, you release it out of the system so it can get reintegrated back the way it should be. And there's so much of that everywhere feeding off of people. And that's just one type of these things. There's all 
everything else. And we're all in like the use of the word ghost as a catch all phrase, just so that, you know, we haven't been trained to have discernment with the the intricacies of what we're encountering. Because sometimes yeah. it's, you know, a remnant of a person. Sometimes it's a fucking entity, you know, like it's kind of crazy. Well, that's the thing is, is like people like you and I, we are now starting to enter what I've referred to as new science territory. Like the, these are sciences that are there. We just haven't put the time and the effort in to explain them yet because certain parties who hold power think they're scoffable or laughable or whatever. Right. We know that's not the case. But I think that this is what I see happening with the worldwide paranormal community right now is there is a massive boom of interest into all of this stuff. It's not just you and me. It, it is worldwide. I'm sure you've noticed it too. Like yes. uh, anytime you go out, I guarantee you by the end of the night, you'll find one person who says they've had something weird and they want to talk about it. And, yes. um, and I love that. It, it's great. It's because I do honestly think that we're evolving. Mm -hmm. And the great. further I look into this, like what if that's what all of this is? Like every single bit of it, it's all the same thing. Mm -hmm. We are just viewing different perceptions of it. Or if Jacques Vallée is, is right. Are you familiar with uh, Jacques Vallée? Absolutely. Okay. So Passport to Magonia, when he starts talking about the faith folk and the concept that these supernatural, bizarre uh, encounters between these strange beings and humanity have been going on forever... It's just that the vocabulary changes and our understanding of science evolves. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah. So what if all of these things have been popping in here the whole time? What if it is all the same thing? What if the reason that we, humanity as a whole, are starting to take more interest and notice in this is because we are evolving? Mm-hmm. What if this is the next step, a step of evolution not of the physical, but of the consciousness of the mind. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No flesh and bone needed, you know? Exactly. And I, I would even challenge the idea of evolving um, just as a fun thought of experiment. Mm -hmm. be any other. It's like, how are we using the language? What if we always have had this ability and, and in fact, I would say that we have, we all have had this ability and it's not that um, we need to evolve. It's that we need to get rid of the things that blocked us to begin with. And that yeah. this isn't about us becoming something better. This is about the deconstruction of everything that stopped us from being in our full power to begin with. No, I, yeah, yeah, that that uh, you, works both ways, and actually, I like that one better. It seems a little bit more empowered. So let's roll with that. Let's yeah, roll with that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find that uh, that thought, like, switch for me was like, oh shit! Like, we need to stop looking outside of ourselves to become the supposedly better, more. I don't know, optimal person. We're already we already are that. Let's get rid of all the shit that made us feel small and kept us contained. And and I think that's exactly what's happening is that like with like as above, so below, 
So as within, so without. And so as we watch the external structures break down, the internal structures that those reflect are also breaking down the structures of, of um, lim- limitation belief of belief. Yeah, the of, very things that were blocking us in the first place from expanding our consciousness in our mind. And, boom. and, you know, and that's the thing. And, and to, to go back to weird ranch that we're not going to talk about in Northern Utah, if you don't get it by now, I can't help you. Um, but the same people who originated the study group there. So like we're talking when Robert Bigelow and, and the government actually got involved and stuff like that. There were some really, really impressive runs of tests there. And what I find most fascinating is one Dr. Calm Keller. And if nobody knows that name, I encourage you to look it up. Calm Keller. It's an Irishman, really fine guy. One of the smartest minds. He might be our next Jacques Vallée, just with an Irish accent. And um, what he pointed out earlier this year, I think, is going to be one of the most important keys of unlocking some of these mysteries in the next few years. And that is, and here's the thing: he still has, he still has like non-disclosure agreements with national security set so he can only say so much right but the way that he put it is there is one word that everybody needs to focus on a little bit more right now and nobody's really paying attention to it you need to think a little bit less about apparitions and nuts and bolts craft and start thinking about the word consciousness mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a huge tell to me it is as big of a tell as the fact that said ranch that we're not going to explicitly reference was once owned, operated, and run by none other than Robert Bigelow, or as I like to call him, Bobby Bigelow, because I like to think that even though we've never met, I know enough about him. I'm stalker level. Best friends. So you can, yeah, 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 absolutely. So uh, Bobby, uh, Bobby Bigelow. Richest man in well, one of the richest men in America spent the vast majority of his fortune on developing really, really interesting um, scientific advancement workshops. So you have the Bigelow Institute for uh, wait, oh, no, that's the last one. Bass, uh, Bigelow Aerospace. You had um, God, there was another one. Bigelow Aerospace. Oh, I'm sorry. That's what it was. Bigelow Aerospace actually, I believe, ended up folding in or becoming part of ATIP, which was America's UFO task force. Yes. So after studying and owning Skinwalker Ranch for 15 plus years, this guy shuts it all down. He sells the ranch. He sells Bigelow Aerospace. He sells, that was the other one, the National Institute for Discovery Sciences. Mm -hmm. Gives them all up. And he proceeds to take every cent that he got from those cells to open the Bigelow Institute for Consciousness Studies. Mm, Just like the Monroe. Monroe Institute. They know something. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's something to it. Like, I already know this is, like, this level of existence, we don't end here. We keep going. I'm not sure okay. exactly yeah. where it goes or what happens next, but nah, we're, we're, we're not done here. 
Yeah. Um, but whatever is going on, like they know something. They, they tap into something in particular at that northern Utah ranch that uh, <laughs> I hope you save the video for that. Every time I have to go into announcer status, I will be <laughs> ever so over dramatic. That might okay. be why I lose the video again. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, that's that's because I went too <laughs> far and you're like, ashamed of me. No, no, that's that's fine. No, it's okay to say you're ashamed of me. It's fine. Um, but no, I it, it, like Bigelow knows something. Our our government yeah. knows something, and it is it is weirder than lights in the sky. It is weirder than little green men. I I really think okay. that. We're going to be light years beyond that um, over the next few years. And we're going to find out how truly flimsy, flexible, and foldable our reality really is. Uh, uh, we will, again, another conversation that we're going to stay for John and Corinne go scratch. <laughs> the collapse, which we are currently experiencing. Wait, say that uh, again? collapsing of time structure of time itself yes. that we are currently experiencing because if you've noticed to have sped up exponentially and it's not just an aging thing time really has sped up exponentially it's not fun we'll save that for another time <laughs> no actually that's a huge one and that's one that we should we I I will actually reach out to Micah Hanks and see if he will come in on this because if we get him and Tim McMillan on this conversation, um, <laughs> this is one of the big things, man. I'm telling you, is the further we go down this rabbit hole collectively, and and there is like a global interest now, whether you're talking about things in the sky or things coming from the ground, people are paying more attention now. I don't think it's a coincidence that we're having UFO hearings in our Congress. There is a global rise of uh, paranormal interest and AI is skyrocketing forward at the same time. Oh, yeah. And, and based on what we know and what we understand in recent studies on things like quantum mechanics, time <laughs> is rubbery as hell. I think everything is about to get way wackier than we can possibly imagine. And I personally hope I am living in the sci-fi movie next year. You're in it now. My I know, <laughs> I know, I know. I really am. You're true. I've had missing time. I've seen shadow people. I have had uh, apparitions choke me. I have had things follow me home. Ever since I got back from you into Basin, I've had a tiny little red UFO showing up above my house every other night. Oh my gosh. Anytime I try to take a video of it, gone. The minute oh, yeah. I even reach for my camera, gone. Like right, it knows. Of course. Yeah, but this yeah. thing has been taunting me. Consciousness. Thank you. You know, I I hear it like as a professional clearer, that makes me want to hear during time space. But I know and but also like that's should not be doing that to you. <laughs> like, oh, no, no. Ah! It, no, no, it should. Okay, so so there's two sides of that coin. 
I didn't tell you about the wackiest freaking part of leaving you into basin, right? So holding out on me, John. No, I was just saving for a dramatic moment, I swear. <laughs> um so you know how people say that if you if you go to famous ranch, SW ranch, uh things mm -hmm. might follow you home. Or if you go to haunted places, things might follow you home. I have yeah. had so much crap follow me home at this point. I don't even bat an eye at it. I have just now gotten to the point that I have to openly state anytime I get back from an investigation. If you came here, I'll allow it. But I swear to God, if you move my car keys, you're done. <laughs> because this happened. Like ever, whenever I got oh, back from the Sally house, whatever followed me home would do weird things with my car keys. I found them in the toilet one day. I found them in the freezer another day. I found them in the car while it was locked. Like, it, you know, it, it really messes with him. But right. when I left you into Basin, I, I need solitude. Like, I'm one of those people who, like, I need a lot of alone time. I, I really do because I got a lot of stuff going on. I need to be able to take time to write. I need to take time to heal and focus on me. I'm sure you understand. Sure do. So I make my stop at Memphis, Tennessee, coming back from you into Basin. And I stop off at a friend's house to pick up my car and say goodbye to my last team member. And I hop in my car, and for the first time in a week, I'm alone. I'm alone. And it's beautiful. And I put on a little bit of orbitals, some good mellow music, and I start driving along, and I'm taking a deep breath. And yeah, three more hours. I'll be back in my bed, finally get to get caught up on a week of hardly sleeping at all. And then I hear, out of my right here, right ear, like somebody was riding shotgun, and leaned over into my right ear and whispered, Murder. I am not shitting you. Now, here's the funniest part about it. As soon as that happens, I immediately whip my head around like, do you have any idea who in the fuck you're talking to? Shut up. I am tired. I worked 14-hour days for three weeks straight before I even went on this trip. I am here for me, not for you. Shut up or get out of my car. And as soon as I do that, <laughs> this is what I hear. Uh, mm, mm. And nothing after that. But it still followed me home. And it still interacted with me, but not in a trickstery kind of way. It didn't okay. it didn't screw with me. It didn't move my keys. Instead, what it did, it would do weird things like send me messages on my TV through the subtitles, go outside. Oh. Yeah. And then and you would see the light. The little red UFO. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So this stuff works in really weird ways, but let that and be I... a great story for all of your listeners that if anything weird follows you home and they make you feel uncomfortable, whip your head around in the direction you just heard that voice and you tell them, shut up. Yeah. Well, I'm teaching all listeners how to clear. And so go through energetic protocol and release that stuff out of your field because they're feeding on you and you do not want that because it's it's they're fun stories and it makes you feel to have those experiences yeah. and i like really honestly 
that stuff, you don't want it lingering because it is feeding off of you, takes you down. And I just honestly am of the opinion that it needs to be cleared out, reintegrated back into the earth. It shouldn't be here. Like if it's feeding, if it's gotta go. If it's trying to invoke here as a way to spike your energy, gotta go. Mm -mm. But that's the thing. I've been doing this for so long. I know the games and I know mm -hmm. how they work. And if it is right. any other time, I would have played along and put them in their place. But I was mm -hmm. so like, I have real world shit to deal with. So when this thing right. tried to turn and talk to me, my response was, sit down and shut up. I got to go to, I got to go home. I have things to do. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 And it's but your choice. It's not if you so easy to, to do that. And but that is the thing is I personally believe, and this is just me, is that your willingness to let these things in as much as you let them in is what can be potentially damaging. And personally, I know my limits and I know where it stops. And that's why when that happened, my response was shut up. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't own this. You don't own my moment, but it is not so easy. So I'm the first to admit to anybody who's listening out there, if you have weird things happening to you and they keep provoking you and pushing you, then yeah, definitely reach out to somebody. But after you've gone through the rigmarole of as much as I have, you do kind of know how to, like, it's, it's, God, I feel like I'm about to sound like my mother. You got to know when you got to put your foot down and say, you stop that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, agreed. Me, regular uh, energetic of clearing out. So that stuff it gets poofed. It's, it's gotta go. Um, I'm really, for me, and here's why I'm saying this, because to be, I would want those experiences of something like moving my car keys just to have like, a, like thrill of like, yeah, you know, like, look, the, the, that's so cool. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, there's like a lot of, stuff around that is feeding off of us yep and some of it it doesn't intend a mosquito it's just simply doing it um, but yeah can still and those my curiosity goes like if we clear out all of this lower frequency stuff a lot of stuff is frequency and it's no longer supported by the earth as continued as we even resonate. Yeah, again, John Crane, go full up. Mm. We'll, we'll get to that point. Right, yeah. A lot of this stuff is no longer supported. A lot of this stuff is only continuing to exist because of um, uh, tourism, like ghost tourism. Uh, and then it's just, um, you know, it's feeding the tulpa. To it's feeding the tulpa, belief systems, that kind of thing. Yeah. And because the earth is no longer supporting it, it's far easier to poop stuff out of existence, which again is where I come in and where my work has been leading me because I've been dealing with some pretty high level entities and it's been bananas completely absorbed back into yada yada. 
I'll go into that other podcast. But um, what I'm curious about is we get to the point where the majority of the is cleared out. What is going to show up that? Because we're caught in a whole lot of low stuff that's feeding a lot of us and causing us to be like, if we're suddenly at a much higher frequency, full energetic economy, as my friend Amanda calls it, um, is online. Our perceptions are fully online. Our consciousness is fully what it is. We understand how to be time and reality. What will show up then? That's what I'm curious about. And I think that would be far more fun than continuing to like grind out these lower level entity stuff. Like, let's get on. I think that's a part two to this conversation that we should have in a couple <laughs> of months because we're going to talk about a few things after we hang up that might actually directly speak to this. So, mm, oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, all right. All right. All right. <laughs> I love it. Our, our new podcast is already for me. <laughs> what, what's that? I said podcast already for me. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Oh, I mean, you know, I say, obviously this is going to be an ongoing conversation between uh, the two of us, and and I'll certainly I'll pull you on to to my show here before too long to talk a little bit more about this, especially by the end of the season. So y'all will come to the holiday party. I already talked to you about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll have that set up for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about. Um, we've already teased several things. You are going to pull about your you into basin. That's in, are you, is that already recorded and releasing? You'll have to forgive me. I'm so busy. Oh, no, no, you're, you're, um, I'm right there with you. So so the way the rest of the season is going to roll out for XV Planets is next week, I'm going to be de- debuting a series on our investigation of the Rhodes Hotel in uh, Atlanta, Indiana, which is hilarious. Uh, it is. <laughs> Can't wait. I don't know. It's, it's a prohibition party spot so it was full of all the people that omar austin spare would spend time with at the bars best of the people right uh maybe a couple of appearances by al capone and some some other notable gangsters um after that we're going to talk about a little slice of haunted north carolina for a couple of episodes and i'm not going to share what that is just yet but I will say that I had the opportunity to be the first paranormal investigator to ever go look at some of these properties, and there's something truly special about them. So I'm looking forward cool. to hearing that. With the Eastern or Western North Carolina? Uh, it would be in uh, Wake Forest, North Carolina, in particular. So Ooh. yeah, and the okay. the finale. Oh, I guess I get to plant the seed here. All right. The finale yeah. for this season, uh, season three is going to end with a multi-part series on the Uinta Basin. We're going to talk a lot about the history of it. Uh, sure, we'll mention the famous ranch. But again, I don't I think the ranch is a symptom to a much larger thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about the Uinta Basin as a whole, uh, the history behind it, the folklore behind it, the the Native American beliefs behind it. And then we're going to talk about our experience. And then this season is going to end with me um, 
presenting my hypothesis and that will change everything for how this moves forward. Oh, fine. Oh yeah. No, everything is about to change. Uh, we're, we're definitely going to start veering away from, Ooh, I'm a ghost hunter type of investigations. Um, I think I'm on to something here. There's, you know, like I said earlier, the phenomena is real. It is very real. I've experienced it in multiple ways, but I don't think it is what we as individuals think it is. I think it's a little bit weirder. And I think we yeah. need to start folding in concepts of quantum physics and um, and consciousness studies into this in order to truly make sense of it. And I think if we do that, if we make those efforts, then we might actually be able to complete a circuit here that will give us a broader view of the universe as a whole. At least that's my theory. Yeah. And it's way more intense than that. I'm, I'm actually in the, I'm 34 pages into a scientific paper talking about this stuff. So things are definitely about to change. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's cool. Uh, That's really, really uh, cool. No, I, it's, it's, <laughs> well, you know what? No, it is cool because it is cool to be a nerd, kids. It yes. really is. It's way more fun. It is. Way more. That's why Better like, conversations. Right. When you embrace the weird, you get to choose. You can either be who thinks there's just what you feel. And how bad is that? Or can embrace the banana's existence that constantly taps us on the shoulder and uh, have a good time with it as long as you don't allow it to take you too far off the path where you go into psychosis. Yeah, but what happens when the banana side of the equation starts giving you more? And that's where we're <laughs> at right now. It's it's like the reality of the situation is trying to tip us into crazy. You know what? I'm here for it. I just need to make sure that everybody else is along for the ride. Otherwise, I'm going to be really lonely. You know? <laughs> Actually, no, I won't be that lonely. I'm good with solitude. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like things such as house with you're never really alone. So. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, as long as we got weirdos like us, we're never really alone, right? Hundred percent. Absolutely. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on and doing uh, uh, version two of our interview, and I'm really, like hoofed out of existence for what? Oh, yeah, been. absolutely. I'm I'm really really sad that your listeners are not going to be able to hear that epically well planned way that I uh, that I talked about. You asked me where I was going before I went to you into, and I had to do this whole tiptoe around. I am going to a place that I believe Art Bell would have called the Great American Southwest to do. Strange things. Stop. And and and, and I, you're, 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 Rachel's just like, you'd make a great diplomat. I'm like, I know, and I don't want to go into politics, so so I'm not. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, there were oh, a lot Corinne, of gems that unfortunately went away, but always an absolute blast to hang out with you. Uh, we'll definitely get over, get you over on XD Planets here pretty soon, and um. I'm sure that we can come up with some fun and creative collaborations uh, in the upcoming months to oh. to get interesting. Yeah, 
real weird for those for those people who are like existing time collapsing do say more fuck yeah those are our people <laughs> let's get weird absolutely yeah we can get weird love awesome. you so much my friend thank you so much for having me and uh, yeah, let me know when this comes out I'll, I'll be sure to share it with everybody and all of you who are listening you should probably not listen to me but you know if you're dying to you can't you should. You absolutely should go over there and check out his stuff. It's exciting. You should not encourage bad habits in these fine people, but as a little devil on your left shoulder says, you should say more. No. Right. <laughs> All right, Corinne, I love you so much. Rachel, you. I'm going to pack you on a guilt trip the next time I talk to you because you missed it. Uh, right. <laughs> she'll, she'll be there for the next time. Absolutely. Better believe it. All right, my friend. Love you to pieces. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Uh, how good was that interview? I know I say it every time I interview someone, but I just know some of the best human beings on this planet. And I am so lucky to have them as my friends. They're just... I just know some of the most awesome, cool, interesting people, and the fact that they want to come on my podcast and kick it with me just gives me so much joy and makes me feel so loved and appreciated. Like, so good, so good. So yeah, what uh, what I wanted to kind of highlight in this outro is why I love the paranormal so much. There's something about having this like space where people can gather and really start to feel into the walls of what they think is possible and maybe start to put cracks in it, if not completely tear them down altogether. There's just something about the paranormal world and what draws people to it that really excites me because like uh, John was saying, like the, the consciousness studies, the paranormal world is really into that. And I know that the spiritual world is as well, but the paranormal world does it in such an interesting way where like, I know they're trying to apply science and that kind of thing. And, you know, there's limitation to that and that's fine too. That's what's so interesting is like, what do you do with that limitation while trying to explore these really abstract, mind-bendy, reality-shattering concepts, things that we're just not used to feeling into or thinking about that really stretches how we contextualize our realities. Freaking love it. Love it so much. So anyway, I won't go too much further into that because you just listened to a whole really long interview that pretty much said the exact same thing, but I wanted to reiterate because I can, because it's my podcast. I do what I want. <laughs> but yeah, no, I really do hope you all enjoyed that. And I would love to hear anyone's uh, reactions, thoughts, opinions, especially if they're nice, <laughs> but I'll take them all. If you're like, I don't think any of this exists, this is ridiculous. 
you probably found the wrong podcast, but hey, thanks for checking it out. Or if you have stories, if you have your own paranormal stories, I would, I want to hear them for sure, for sure. And any theories, any ideas, just, or like if things kind of came up for you where you're like, well, I never thought about that in that way. Like I would love to hear any and all reactions. Uh, head over to the Instagram page for which way from here and leave a comment or you can DM me on the which way from here. Like I want to know what you all are feeling and thinking as I continue to present really unusual, challenging, weird ideas. I was trying to avoid the word weird because I said it a thousand times during the interview, but like, hey, you know, it fits. I, w- I really want to know what what is coming up and why you feel the way that you do and just kind of continue to build the community around that around exploration and curiosity that's that is the goal here so yeah once again thank you so much i'm looking forward to the next few episodes now that i am free of the shackles of the nine to five world i'm hoping to put out more content more consistently and just get better and better with the podcast I already have a few ideas. I know I've been teasing different episodes about clearings that I've done, and I definitely am planning to get some of those out because some of the clearing cases that I have been doing have been absolutely bananas and totally worth a podcast episode. And I have actually several of those because, man, shit's weird. Especially, I mean, with clearing, I'm basically the exorcist meets ghostbusters so it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome honestly Uh, i never thought this would be my life but it is and i am here for it if you have any suggestions for topics you want me to cover please send them my way i would love love any kind of input if there's something that you're hearing that sparks an idea that you're like oh this would be perfect for corinne in which way from here Please send them my way. I'm here for it. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it for now. So once again, thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you for joining me on this journey. I'll say it every time because it is quite the journey. And until next time, I hope you have an amazing day. Thanks so much.